Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for listening to the 34 Circe podcast. If you like this podcast, would you be so kind as to rate it and leave a comment on whatever platform you listen? Commenting on podcasts and rating them gives them a little boost in the algorithm so that way new listeners can find us more easily. Thanks very much and enjoy the episode. And welcome back to Being a Bad Martha. Today we're going to talk to three fantastic humans about a subject that has been very taboo in our uh, in our media and in our social circles, and that is miscarriages. Um, miscarriages are something that happen to an amazing number of uh, breeding humans. And um, something that uh, is viewed very differently um, in different places um, in the United States and around the world. And, uh, and we're hoping that our talk today is going to um, help to demystify and destigmatize it a little bit. So, would you like to introduce yourself, folks? I'm going to start with Kat. Hi, I'm Kat from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Samantha. Hi, I'm Samantha, and I'm from England, but I live in LA. And Amy Jo. And I am Amy Jo Rupp, and I live in Winthrop Harbor, Illinois. Yay! Illinois, indeed. <laughs> So we've got we've got some good representation here. Um, so I this is something that unlike our uh, some of our other topics on being a bad Martha, I have not experienced. Um, so I'm going to just give a few uh, like bullet point facts about it, and then I'm going to turn this over to y'all because um, you are the experts. Um, so uh, miscarriages are officially defined as a spontaneous loss of a woman's pregnancy. And it is the most common type of pregnancy loss. Um, it is very common, um, more than 3 million cases in the U.S. per year on average. And um, it can... It can be painful or it can be, depending on where it happens in the pregnancy, it can be, it can look just like a normal period. Um, so it is a broad sort of, it shows a broad range of symptoms and, uh, and can... <laughs> has, has a little fur baby come to say hello? 
Yes, sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Oh, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. My apologies. No everybody. worries. No worries. We live complicated lives. We live full lives. So don't worry about it. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna um, I'm gonna turn this over to y'all. Um, does anyone feel a strong need to start? <laughs> what okay. do you want to know? <laughs> well, um, oh, okay. That's an excellent. That's an excellent question that I should be asking you. Um, what were your What were your experiences with miscarriage? And you can give us as much or as little information as you feel comfortable giving. Um, things I would be interested in hearing about would be. Um, you know, when in your pregnancy uh, cycle did you did you have it or them? Uh, what were the symptoms um, in terms of the physical symptoms? Um, and then, you know, what were the emotional symptoms? What were the emotional repercussions, I should say? So that's a lot. Why don't we start with the first, which is just, you know, the facts, ma'am. Um, Samantha, do you want to start us off? Sure. Sure. Um, so I've had, uh, I've had, well, okay. So I've had two actual miscarriages and one pregnancy that had to be, um, terminated because of a problem with the baby. Okay. So my first one was when I was about 27 and I was pregnant and I knew I was pregnant and I was about nine weeks, I think okay. nine weeks. And I got in an elevator with a little girl who I didn't know had chicken pox. <gasps> and I was literally in the elevator with her for like 30 seconds. I didn't even need to go in. I could have walked the stairs. You know, it's one of those stupid things that happens in life. Right. And I was with my son who was very small. It was like two, I think at the time. And got out the elevator and, and went about my business for a, a, like a week, and then suddenly I realised that something was going on, and he was he got like completely covered in chickenpox, and he but he was fine because he was young, and when you're young and you have chickenpox, it's really right. right. Hopefully, card it's you don't feel great, but you're okay, kind of thing. But I right. was twenty seven, twenty eight, and pregnant. Mm. And the weird thing about it, well, lots of weird things about it, I had not gone for my first checkup I had just got new health insurance because my husband at the time had started a new job so we just got Kaiser or whatever when Kaiser was really rubbish so um and then and also I didn't know that when you had when you were pregnant um and you got chickenpox it was like really terrible we were all, I I knew that German measles was really terrible, but right. I didn't know what the chicken box was. Of course, they're very similar types of diseases. So anyway, so I found out fairly quickly that it was not a good thing. And then, of course, I was stuck at home because I was very ill. Because mm. the older you are, the worse you are. And and I called the doctor because I had my doctor sort of set up. I just hadn't been able to. And they were like, don't come in. Mm. whatever you do don't come in because you're very infectious and this is right. an eternity blah 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 and everything I'm like okay so um it took a few weeks and then I started spotting and um again I making phone calls and going okay well I'm having a little blood you know and what does that mean or well how much blood 
you know, and I'm like, and these right. are nurses. Yeah. But I'm like, well, it's like a heavy period, you know, well, you're okay. I'm like, and they knew that I had chicken pox, they, all of this stuff. Oh, God. So they were just not helpful at all. It was hor- horrible. And then eventually I got to the point where I was no longer considered contagious because my my multiple warty things had sort of dried over or whatever they do. And right. they, were, they allowed me to go in, you know. So I went into horrible Kaiser down in mid, mid-city. Kaiser, it's awful. Anyway. Oh. And um, they gave me an ultrasound. And the woman who gave me an ultrasound, who was like eight months pregnant. Oh, wow. So oh. she's been out for knowing that there's no heartbeat. And at this point, I was assuming that I was still pregnant. Right. And I didn't have, uh, I'd had, you know, the, the spotting a little bit, but it, you know, it had stopped. Right. And I just thought everything was okay. And we were, my husband and, and I, my husband at the time and I were talking about, oh, we're going to do this in the room. You know, I felt really bad for her afterwards, to be honest, because she was, you know, how they can't tell you anything. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's giving me a scan going, oh my God, there's nothing going on. And she's pregnant and we're mm. talking away about having a baby, you know, awful oh my situation God. for everybody. And, um, and then I said, oh, you know, is everything okay? And she's like, well, I can't really talk to you about it. So you're going to get a phone call from the doctor. I'm like, all right, then. So we got doctor never called for like a week because oh my god he was on a golfing holiday right of course of course this guy's real like a duel and um anyway so eventually he calls me and tells me that there's no heartbeat and you know that's the end of the line so i was like oh horrible terrible blah 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 what do i do now we arranged for you to come in and have you know a dnc whatever they call it right and then that night i went into i started having uh i had a miscarriage and it was a nasty one and my husband ex-husband was working so i was stuck in this little apartment that i was managing it's very long-winded sorry but it's just a really kind of a horror story kind of thing anyway i my i used to manage this building in hollywood so my the only person i could and my husband had the car and i'm feeling terrible and i'm like i need to go to the hospital so my my maintenance guy sal took me to the hospital and i proceeded to have a horrible miscarriage but having said that, the, I had two wonderful ER doctors who were women mm-hmm. who really looked after me mm. and were wonderful. And then my stupid ex-husband eventually came to pick me up and they gave me a Valium and I felt great. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so I had all this horror and then I, he came and picked me up and he said, oh, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm really hungry. Let's go and get something to eat. <laughs> God, oh and my he's God. like, what the hell? You know, and I'm sitting in a diner stuffing my face. You no, know, but I mean, afterwards I felt terrible. And he ended up having to leave the job. I mean, I, I had a really bad um, uh, experience with chicken pox. And then I had, you know, and then I had a miscarriage. And then my body took a long time to recover from both those things. Right, yeah. Mostly the chicken pox, I think. Uh, and he ended up having to stop working and I went and lived stay with my parents in England for about a month and to sort of recover because I was just in a horrible, horrible state. Yes. Oh my goodness, yes. Yes. So that was number one. 
Do you want to hear about number two? Well, let's let's, see. let's yeah, let's um, let's swap out a little bit. Yeah, cool. um, Kat, do you want to talk? <laughs> Questions, comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody need a mint? Um, <laughs> yeah, Kat, do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about your experience? Uh, sure, I can share. Um, I I also have had uh, two separate instances with miscarriages where, um, mine, I, it's never been able to be determined if there was an actual cause for either Mm -hmm. one, Mm -hmm. but, um, both things both happened where basically early on, um, both happened before I hit the three month mark. And I, I had gone in and in both cases, I had found out that there was no longer a heartbeat. And in the second case, it was, there was not a heartbeat, but they also said that it looked like where there had initially been a heartbeat when I got my very first one. Um, they said that it almost looked like a different, like something may have happened that caused the cells to just amass in a way that was not conducive for the fetus to grow. Okay. Because it just, it just kind of, and so for that, the first one, they actually were able to give me um basically uh, the at-home pill that just forces everything out because I had already started bleeding. And so when I had gone in and they had done the, they did the ultrasound and they said, okay, well, we don't, we don't see anything at this point. We don't see a heartbeat. So we want to go ahead and it looks like your body is already in the process of pushing everything out. So they're like, we want to give you the the misoprostol pill and everything. We want you to go home and do this. And that, was an absolutely horrific experience. I will say oh, that is dear. the most that is the most pain I've ever been in and it creeps up on you so bad because you they give you the little description of like oh you may feel cramping, you may feel pressure, you may feel discomfort, all of this. I felt like my body was being ripped apart from the inside out and oh, then I was terrified when the second miscarriage happened because I was really worried that I was going to go, I was going to have to go through any level of that again. And then they said, they're like, no, for this one, um, we want to be sure because uh, unfortunately after the first one, I had gotten a secondary infection as a result of it and that led to some other health stuff afterwards. But the second one, they said, they're like, okay, we would like to go ahead um, just because of what happened last time, we want to go ahead and perform a DNC so that we yeah. can guarantee a little bit more just accuracy, lessen that risk of infection afterwards. Yeah. And I was really scared to go through that. But I will say, surprisingly, the whole process was very short. And I felt it was only about 10 seconds. Like, I don't think because they had me actually count. They said, just start counting and see how high you can get. They're like, because this is going to hurt and we do apologize for it, but it has to happen, has to happen real quick. And uh, I wasn't even able to get to 10 in the amount of time that hurt really, really bad. And then it instantly started dissipating. And within a hour afterwards, you know, sitting in, there was a, because I went to Planned Parenthood for my DNC and they have a waiting room that you go in and you get to sit in a very comfortable chair and they give you heating pads or ice pads or whatever it is that you need, as well as water, access to any kind of nutrition if you're feeling lightheaded. Um, and within a half an hour, I felt I felt good enough to actually be able to stand up and stretch a little bit. And within an hour, I I felt pretty much fine. 
at that point. And it was still, it was a little rough over the next couple of days as my body just adjusted as it did, but it felt almost more just like having a, a bit of a flu. Whereas the first one, oh my goodness, I would not wish that on anybody. That was, Yikes. that was excruciating. Yikes. And how many weeks were you into your pregnancies when each of these happened? I was, I want to say the first one was at 11 weeks. And then the second one was at just about, I was about 14 weeks with that one. I had two different estimations from doctors as far as when the actual timelines were, but that's that's the problem is you think you're so far along in your pregnancy, like. I, you, the, the last second one I had was like 13, 14 weeks. And you mm-hmm. think you're at 14 weeks, but if something has happened, then like the baby isn't viable or isn't alive, mm-hmm. or then it's actually stopped much earlier on. And exactly. Your, your body can still think that you are, so it'll still keep chugging on and doing its expansions and it's whatever it is that it's doing, but but the baby isn't growing. So that they go by how... The, when they think the baby is stopped, mm-hmm. so Got you can it. be further along with physically in your body than you are actually. Then they tell you this many weeks or whatever kind of thing. So it's Got a little it. bit okay. hit and miss, mm-hmm. and a little confusing. I think, yeah, right. Got it. Got it. Okay. And also, I might add that if when you've had one pregnancy, because I've had two um, children, right? Once mm-hmm. you've been pregnant once, and you know. Um, you can, and I had, I was pregnant like what, like 19 and had a, a termination. And then, you know, so once your body's done that a few times, you get, you, you become, you know, you fill up much more quickly with everything that your baby needs. So you get mm-hmm. bigger quick, get, you know, so the, you, you're sort of physically further along than you would have been had this been your first one, I guess. Interesting. There's a lot more in there. There's a lot more mm-hmm. to come out. You know, because your body lines, it's the the wound, right, right, all this yep. stuff, and then your your placenta grows, and you're blossoming all over the place, and and it doesn't to at a certain point, it doesn't really notice whether there's a, you know, it's busy doing its thing, and if the baby isn't, it'll still keep doing its thing for a while. So right, right, yeah, yeah. there's that. <laughs> all right. So Amy Joe, do you want to hit us with your story? Uh, um, it's a doozy. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why we're here. Um, yeah. Okay. <sighs> um. All right, guys, prepare yourselves. Like, <laughs> I I was actually pregnant and miscarried eleven times. Oh, honey. So I s- never had children. Um, you know the the first the the first pregnant. You know we had gotten. Um, my ex-husband and I had gotten married and in April of 2003, um, by May, I was actually pregnant and we found out close to Mother's Day. So we announced on Mother's Day that I was pregnant to everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, everybody was all excited and, um, what was it? I think it was 11 weeks in, um, we went in for the ultrasound and they, you know, they did the same thing. 
that they uh they did deal with you so so they were like they were doing the ultrasound and we were all excited and but they they never showed us they kept the cameras in front of them and not us Mm -hmm. and they said okay uh go ahead and go back into the 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 room and we'll the doctor will be with you in a minute it's like okay so we're going back in and that's when the our doctor came in and and announced that the baby wasn't growing and that um that a dnc would probably be best for us right so we went in so i went in um we did the dnc and it was painful yeah (laughs) um i i they they pulled me out of the anesthesia before they were done oh god oh Oh, no um, they were they were they were pulling out and as I was it's like and by that time I was fully it's like I could feel again I wasn't I hadn't opened my eyes but I could feel so I you know like ugh um, you know and they put me in the room and it's like that really hurt yikes <laughs> so you know um, and they you know they said you know sorry for your loss. Um, you know, do, and they asked, like, would you like a priest in here? I was like, no, I, my religious beliefs are different. Um, right. So no, no, thank you. And they sent me home. It was, you know, it was a, it was a walk in, do it, walk out and go yeah. home. Um, wow. I was depressed for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, my, uh, my friends were cool and that was the first one. Uh, the second one, the second one, we had just found out I was, was like, which was about, I don't know, we figured they said to, to wait a while to try again. So I think like nine months later, we tried again. And um, Michael, my husband at the time, wanted to go hunting or whatever. And um we just found out I was pregnant. Well, go, go hunting, go. They think things will be fine. Right. Well, they 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 weren't they were fine. Not. Um, you know, he <laughs> was gone, he was gone a day, and um my friends and I we were at Walmart and all of a sudden I cramped up really bad. I doubled over and it's like, oh God, what is wrong with me? <laughs> and um and then on the way home like why it's like um I, I got in the house like, why why am I so warm down you know down there right. um it's like why and I put my hands on my jeans I put my hands on my jeans to feel because I felt kind of sticky mm-hmm. and I pulled away and there was blood oh everywhere mm-hmm. like oh boy <laughs> so I ran into the bathroom and I pulled everything off and I sat down on the toilet mm. where I proceeded to bleed horribly. Yeah. I couldn't do anything except bleed. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, and luckily for me, um, I had brought my cell phone into the bathroom. So I called up my, my, my poor friend, uh, my poor friend, Chuck, I called, I didn't know he's, only like six minutes away I call him up and go look I know this is going to be weird for you I apologize I think I'm miscarrying there's blood everywhere I can't stop bleeding I need to go to the hospital oh god and 
so he came in he came in and what he did was he stopped off um, at my other friend's house and grabbed his wife my friend amy came with him and she walks in the door she was like aj sweetie i i don't know why i'm here but chuck says you need me oh and so i told like has a and i told her what was going on and she's like okay and she went and she goes we're gonna ruin this pair of underwear you've already ruined those jeans put them back on we grabbed towels we threw them on the back of his truck and they rushed me to the hospital oh my god where I sat in the emergency room for two and a half hours. Oh, oh my God. Oh my because God. I walked in on my own. Right, right. Yeah, you've gone in on a hospital in an ambulance. It would have been. Yep. Um, but because and they, it was a, and it was a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So they just said here. They they gave me like one of those. Uh, they gave excuse the expression but like a, a puppy pad yeah. mm-hmm. yes yes yeah. that's basically and they said go sit take this go sit on the chair <sighs> we'll be into it's like we'll have somebody check on you every so often to make sure you're okay and they're like finally when i got in to see it i had mostly done what a dnc would have done and mm, so right. they just kind of cleaned me up said they were sorry and sent me home oh my god <laughs> Oh my God! So, um, the, it's like so. It got. I will save you from the other. Okay. <laughs> um, the others. Um, but I will admit that um, as I got pregnant, as the every time I got pregnant, we would tell less and less people. Yeah, of course, of course. Because, because yeah. they didn't. They were sad. We were sad, and everybody's like, you know, hey, you know, you're so good with kids. Why don't you have any? And then whisper, <sighs> whisper, 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 whisper. It's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And that would be, and, and that, that would be the end of a conversation. Right. Yes. Yes. Awkwardness so, all around. <laughs> right. So. Oh. What, but after six, I even stopped telling my ex-husband. Right. right. I was like, the theory was if I could get through the first trimester, yeah. then I would say something. Because mm-hmm. yeah. in my head, like, why bother telling somebody? And why, why bother telling people if we're not going to, you know, was it a self-fulfilling prophecy? I don't, I don't know. I doubt yeah. <laughs> You know, there was always that in my head. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just got to that point. And there was never, they never gave me a true answer as to what was wrong. Why was this happening over? Why was this happening? Yeah. You know, one time it was your body is producing too much testosterone. The second time I wasn't producing enough estrogen. This is like, you know, it's like it might be genetics. So we all took the genetics test. He took the test. I took the test. Nothing seemed to be wrong. Wow. Then, then one one of the pregnancies, well, it looks like your body may be rejecting seeing the fetus as a threat. Right. Hmm. But it, it was never the same answer. Every time. Different. Yeah. It was, every time there was a different answer. Oh, <laughs> Oh my so, God. yeah. <laughs> that is just horrifying. 
Yeah. And your your husband and you really wanted children, if I recall correctly. Yes, we did. Yeah. That was, yeah. yeah, that was one of the things, you know, and I still to this day wonder if that wasn't one of, one of the reasons why he left. Yeah. Because once I hit, let's see, once I hit like 45, 46, right. it's like, you know what, in 2015, he said, you know what, we're, uh, we're, I'm done. He never yeah. gave me a reason. Oh my God. Yeah, that's awful. So. Yeah, dude. <laughs> As they say in California, dude. That's a lot. And yeah. And did you have um, did you have a support system with whom you could talk about this? No. Yeah. You know, I mean, I. I I, like my, you know, uh, there was a lot of elders. It's like we understand what you, we understand what you're going through. It'll be fine. Pat me on the back, and then that would be the end of it. Yeah. So there really wasn't a support structure. I'm, I'm sure there were meetings, but at the time, you know, I'm, I'm sure there were support groups out there, but at the time, it was like. <laughs> you were carrying one. Yeah, you don't always want to like talk about it with other people i mean i know that's what we're doing now right right like okay i'm gonna deal with that let's move on yeah you know and and this has happened okay let's go i mean the last two times that happened to me were right on top of each other oh lord so i had i had you know um and that yeah so tell us sorry i i interrupted you midstream so finish your yeah, finish your experiences. Um, well, then I had um, uh, then I had a, a kid after that that first um, uh, miscarriage, and then um, many years later, <laughs> I am married to somebody else, and we decide, oh, let's try. I mean, it's I was in my mid forties, I guess forty five, something like that, and I was like, oh, whatever, you know, it's not going to happen anyway I'm a bit old or whatever but then I got pregnant this is when I was living in England with have um and with Javier and mm-hmm. uh, my current husband um who's current for now and- <laughs> <laughs> no I think he's pretty darn whatever anyway <laughs> you know nobody better watch himself because oh, <laughs> um anyway so I got pregnant and it was very unexpected really I mean it- Obviously, we were having sex, so it was a possible side effect of that. But... <laughs> Not like surprise. Yeah. I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a virgin birth, really. <laughs> I don't think that could ever be applied to to me in any <laughs> way. Um, anyway, so it sort of happened, and I was oh, and I was back in. I went back to to the UK, and I was in university, and I was like my last year of my degree and uh filmmaking and um so i'm like well i have to <laughs> i have to sort of say something because there's all this stuff that i'm supposed to be doing and you know and so i tell everyone oh uh by the way i'm pregnant they were like a little shocked because i'm by far <laughs> the oldest person in my class as you can imagine and um like puzzled looks is, is that even possible or legal <laughs> <laughs> yes 
<laughs> and everything seemed to be fine. Everything seemed to be fine. Javier had, had, had was going back and forth between the, the uh, LA and, and England at the time, but I was living in England with my kids, and um, it, it was fine. I started blossoming a little and all that kind of tummy stuff and everything, and then. Um, I went in for my same thing happened again. I went in for my first checkup and they're like, oh, it's, you know, and it was about in England, it's about 13 weeks. You have your first scan. And they told me that the baby had stopped growing at sort of nine or 10 weeks. Mm. And I was devastated because I, I mean, it was hard enough anyway, they're hard enough anyway, but I was also older and this was my second marriage. And I really, you know, I was really, I'd already started buying baby clothes stupidly oh stupid 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 and I told everyone and because I was just like thrilled I was thrilled that it was even possible you know kind of thing yeah. Yeah. and uh and then that was that and I had um so they had told they told me and I was crushed and upset and all that kind of stuff and then uh they said okay you come back and let's have you come back in for a dnc and where they booked it for like two days later. And as soon as I got home that night kind of thing, I started getting cramps and I had the worst horrible miscarriage, just like you did, um, Amy Jo. Like I had to sit on the toilet basically. I woke mm. up cramps and yep. blood. And I so I sat on the toilet and all night, you know, and this is the weird thing about in, in the UK and I had still not got used to the fact that I was living in the UK and you can, call 999 which is 911 and ambulance and and you don't have to pay for any of this obviously because it's um, England and no one pays right. anything right. in my head for some reason I was thinking oh no I can't call an ambulance and of course I was just there with my son who didn't drive and and he was what 15 I think or 14 at the time my daughter and Javier wasn't there so I, so I just thought, oh, no, I'll be fine. I'll muscle through this. And I basically sat on the toilet. And my son was with me. And Lily just disappeared because she, she was too, like, freaked out by the whole thing. And it does feel like the whole of your body is coming out of your vagina. Mm-hmm. You know, and it even, it even sounds like that. Like it's, <laughs> I can't even, and, and at, at some point, because I was sitting on, on the loo, and my poor son's, like, sitting there, he was so fantastic thank god he was there and i but i passed out because i think there was so much blood coming out yeah absolutely yeah i passed out and i fell off the toilet (gasps) and i hit (laughs) i cut my eye on this towel rack and i still have a scar on my eyebrow anyway and and of course so that's got blood i mean it was it was like it looked like a horror story yeah. And then eventually I, my son helped me and I got back into bed and I, you know, I lay in bed and I had arranged the following day. I was supposed to have DNC the following day. And my friend Vicky was coming to pick me up to take me to the hospital to get a DNC because you can't drive. Right. Um, and she showed up and I hadn't c- told her or anything. She was livid with me because I'd gone through this whole thing. She's like, should anybody call me? Blah, blah, blah. And her mum was a head nurse at the local hospital and her dad's a like heart surgeon or whatever. Anyway, so she takes me in and, you know, so they just think, and they give me a DNC and I'd like you kind of have memories of parts of it, you know, and I go in and I'm, first of all, she takes me in in a wheelchair because I can't walk. walk. I'm falling yeah. out of the wheelchair. It was a mess. It was oh really my God. And they give me the whole thing and they put me in the ward and they're like, okay, I think you're okay now. You've had the DNC. They gave me fluids and all that kind of stuff. I think, you know, you can go home. So I 
stood up to go home and I just like fell over oh they kept me in overnight and they that was a much better it sounds horrible much better experience because it was in the UK and it's all you know they put me in a room and, and they took care of me they didn't know I was as great as wacky as I was that was just horrific I mean going through it on your own and and also I always felt so terrible for my kids because they were there and they were so scared for me and a huge regret I have is not just calling <laughs> calling an ambulance. But I thought, oh, that's too scary. That's going to make them more scared because I'm going in an ambulance. Right, right. right. To the hospital. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. want to scare them too much. So so they had to, like, be there for all of that, you know. Yeah. yeah. We talked about it and everything. But I took it's just, just life. And then, you know, it's just um, as you're older, I guess, maybe worse i i don't i don't really know but i then i got pregnant like two or three months afterwards <laughs> which oh wow weird for everyone too because i everyone had to be told oh i didn't you know i lost the baby or mm-hmm. it didn't happen or whatever you say right. and right. then suddenly oh i'm pregnant again wow was the reaction my professor actually said that is you know wow he said really and i'm like oh, oh. yeah thank you for that but yes yeah <laughs> What is that supposed to yeah, mean? Exactly. I had it was, you know, but then that didn't. I had there was an, a horrible problem with the baby, so and then I ended up having to have uh, a termination because the baby wasn't viable. Right. And then right. that was it for me. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> I'm never ever. No, thank you. I've, you know, that's you don't my, need to go through I'm that done. again. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm I'm lucky. To bouncy kids but you know it's just the physical side of it that I don't think people talk about I know the emotional side of it I think is talked about a little bit at least yeah. and people yeah. are, it's heartbreaking and it, it is you know all of those things but actually the physical part of it going through that it was like nothing I'd ever considered could happen I mean I, and I'd had a miscarriage before but I, but it was just really terrible, yeah. really, really terrible. And I might, I have body. I'm, it's like my body remembers it. You know, mm. sometimes I can. I'm sitting on the loo or something, and I have a flashback mm. to the how trauma. It, yeah, yeah, the trauma how it is in your in your muscles. So yeah, intense. It's your. It, you feel like you're falling out through your vagina. Really. Does that how you felt, Amy Jo? Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like lumps. I mean, if you could visualize it, it would be, there's an arm, there's a leg, there's my intestines. You know, it feels like everything is like dropping through. Through you. Yeah. It's incredible. It's horrific. Wow. Yeah. So I I have that, 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 you you know, it's, it's intense. Yeah. Now, Amy Jo, for your, did you wind up going to the hospital for your subsequent miscarriages or did you, did no. you? No, I, you, I didn't. I just. You just muscled like, through it at home yeah. by yourself? Yeah. Oh my it's God. Like, I just, you know, it's like, oh, great. All right. I'm going to, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, I, that That's happening. Um, I'll just throw an extra pad on. Mm. Yeah. Because. Wow. 
the DNC is hurt and yeah, it's horrible. You know, it's like no. And also, they always tell you, you know, if you have a DNC, because you'll be fine, you'll be fine. But then there's that thing in your head that says, well, every time I do that to myself, it's going to make me make it less likely that I'm going to be able to, yeah, right. So you want to avoid that as much as you possibly can, in a way. You know, there's a part of me. It's like there, there was that part of me. It's like you know what. P, the the women in Africa, they they don't have this. Mm. So you know, if they can do it, so so can I. Oof. You know, it just it it gets to, and it's expensive. And I know that that's horrible to say. No, but it's a truism. It's a reality of life. Yeah, of women's lives in the in the United States. Absolutely. Now you go in for a DN. You go in for a DNC. You walk into a because they can't do it. They really don't do it in an office. You have to go to a a either a special, um, like. Uh, a special urgent care um, or like outpatient hospital Mm. care Um, so you walk into that door and I mean the DNC um, was like $4,000 we did that twice could you imagine what we would owe oh I would if I if I'm if I may say something really quick I was gonna say yeah yeah if I if I may I know I know Planned Parenthood um, it, it only cost me $600 for yeah. mine. They have, and that was without any like extra, they have options for different grants and other things of that nature. But, um, that would be the only thing that I would say just for the sense of spreading information yes. is that, yeah, I highly, highly, highly cannot recommend places like Planned Parenthood enough because of the options that they offer to, to all people and especially, you know, people in the situations with like, I don't know what I would have done had I not had them during, during both of my processes, because yeah, I, I wasn't getting support from my, you know, my normal doctor's offices and stuff. They were all kind of like, Oh, we don't, we don't really do that here. Like we don't handle that kind of thing. And then one of the nurses was actually the one when I, the very first time that I was experiencing it, who handed me the little brochure and was like, I highly recommend looking into Planned Parenthood for your options because yeah, a lot of, a lot of other hospitals will charge astronomical amounts for these kinds of procedures. Wow. Yeah, because they have to have a, a surgical room, or, a, or, or and then they have to charge you for an, a, an anesthesiologist and all yes. that bullshit. Yeah. You know, and and you know, I don't I don't know what your three political beliefs are, but a lot of these uh, financial obstacles and the inability mm-hmm. to do it in house are because of trap laws, which are these laws that um, anti choice. Uh, mm-hmm. People have passed to make it more difficult to get an abortion, right? Exactly, and, and it affects DNCs yeah. um, for well, miscarriages right. just as much. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know all of this pain and all of this uh, difficulty and expense for something that happens to you know thirty percent of all women's pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm is is you know done in the service of of uh of some sort of you know uh, political penis 
it, penis. Yes, thank you. Yep. It's because of the penises. Yes. <laughs> I think it's canine. I think that's the test. Is, is mm-hmm. that the, the formal? No the formal, it yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's just another example of, of how women's actual needs are um, brushed aside mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, in terms of serving some sort of, in the service of some sort of ideology. Yeah, because if it's 30% of all women who have a miscarriage, that's what percentage of the world is that? Since we're 51% of the world right. who has a brain yeah. for maths, because that's 20% of the world or something like that? Something like has that, had yeah. a miscarriage. I bet that's higher than heart attacks or testicular cancer. Yeah. Know? I mean. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that, uh, you know, I have a, a friend who um, who I also might have uh, come on an episode with a couple of other folks to talk about their experiences. But um, but she lived in a state where abortion was not legal. And so mm-hmm. she was told that her fetus was not viable, but she could not get a DNC. So she had to wait for her body to go through the process of a miscarriage on its own. And during that time, and, and it took, a, you know, a week or two. Oh, so yeah. during that time, she was walking around knowing that she looked pregnant, mm-hmm. but that mm-hmm. her fetus was not viable and that she was not going to carry that baby to term. And the psychological effects of that. Walking were, around with a dead baby in your tummy. Yeah. 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 And, you know, the psychological effects, but also the, you know, there's also possible physical side effects, you know, you can get sepsis and all that sort of thing. So it was just horrifying. She, she, she went through what no person should have to go through. And yet many do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, oh, pull yourself together. Mm. You know, it's a risk of getting pregnant, you know. And yeah, it's, oh, sometimes these things just happen. It, happened. it was, oh, the amount of people I wanted to punch in the face mm-hmm. so yeah. many times for that sentence. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a yeah. Yeah. What kind of reactions did you have from, uh, from folks when you, when you told them or when they found out? Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Was a lot of it. Uh, I am so sorry. It's like, you know, there how there were some. Like, well, this is just like this is your first time. This sometimes this happens. Mm. It'll be okay. <laughs> I was like, um, okay, okay. It wasn't. No, you're taught. You're told to to dim, dim, diminish it in a in a mm-hmm. way and not grieve. It's not. You're not expected to go. You know, it's not like your baby died right so mm-hmm. it is so but you, you they don't want you to, to think of it in that way or talk about it in that way or 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 equate it in that way it's not like it is and it's and especially right. you know it's it's your hopes and dreams of this child that don't exist anymore and and, mm-hmm. and not help but but create all these wonderful future scenarios for yourself with this child that you're you're growing inside you and you can't even though you're like oh no I have to be I have to be you know to wait until the first trimester is over and I have to blah 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 I mean you 
you just can't help yourself but be so you know full of all that and and, mm-hmm. and then to be told that it's just a thing that happens yeah, yeah. not helpful the- there was a suggestion, like maybe next time, don't tell anybody you're you're pregnant until the second trimester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The amount of people that I think immediately, <laughs> really, that is, isn't it? It's to save other people's feelings, right? Mm-hmm. you know, around you. Well, and the yeah, amount of people that, or yeah, the amount of people that I think the first response upon telling them was so quickly and almost almost like with a little bit of lightheartedness of like, oh, well, you can try again. Oh, well, yeah, it, you, you're so young. You can try again. Like, it's okay. And it's just along those lines of just you're meant to just diminish it, you know, just push it down. Oh, it doesn't matter. It was no big deal. And it's like, I don't, I don't think we're even on the same planet right now as far as the discussion that we're having about this yeah. topic <laughs> there's no there's no there's no and i think i don't know if this is true um but i th- i think that this country has a real problem with dealing with um any kind of medical anything because that mm-hmm. there's like a, a weird um dismissal of, of how important that is you know and it, if i'm from europe and you know, uh, right. central healthcare systems are a part of your everyday life. Like my doctor was down the end of my street and I could go and see him anytime I wanted for any reason, if, even just a chat, you know, and mm-hmm. that the expectation is constantly is that your health is a central part of your daily existence and everybody else's also. And so, you know, um, but here it's totally not like that at all. I mean, it's it's the opposite of that. Right, that's right. It's like going to the DMV or something, you know, when you go to the, what are you going to the doctor for? You know, I mean, well, because I, you know, and and so all of that, it, it feeds, trickles down into all of these sort of expectations of care. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. passed on generation after generation because it's been such a long time in this country without a really a central healthcare system. Hopefully, that is going to change. I ho- I'm full of hope for that. But Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, yeah. fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah, because all of these things and this all this all feeds through to, you know, your your the way that we treat each other. Um, in a fundamental level, whether it with women to women or, or in any sense of it, and it's all about health. All of it is mental health. It's, 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 uh, you know, how do you feel? Are you well? Are you, and that's, that depends on how well you do in school, what colleges you get into. If you even want to, to do that with your life, but all of it's so, so connected to your, your health. Mm-hmm. You know? We were all able to go and be treated and be careful like every, pretty much every other bloody, even Iraq had a central health care system. It doesn't anymore probably, but it did, you know. And it, then wouldn't everything be better? Because it's teaching us from a very early age to care about each other in a real physical way. And, and and so we wouldn't be, there wouldn't be so many arseholes out there, I think, you know, there wouldn't be such a, such a, hate because everyone's so hateful. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, there is the extra dimension of the, the gender uh, issue, you know, that, yeah. that, um, you know, as we've talked about in other, 
other podcasts, you know, the things that happen to women's bodies are somehow shameful and ugly and, and, um, are somehow our fault, you know, like, can't you control your own body? Ridiculous, isn't it? Well, I mean, what it's like, I'm creating consumers at the very least. Can you not value me for that? Right. Like, without me giving children, you know, or any woman procreating in that sense, there wouldn't be anything. Nothing mm-hmm. would exist for you to make money off, you know? So please give me that kind of level of respect at least. Absolutely. I've got a, I've got a, 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 a crazy dog party going on here. So I'm going to pause for just a second. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. So I really wanted to, um, I really wanted to investigate this idea of, um, you know, that part of the reason about this, you know, like Sam, like you said, you know, that we're taught not to care for each other. Um, that, uh, this philosophy of like, this is, um, this is the woman's fault, you know, that you couldn't, it's your fault. You couldn't carry your pregnancy to term that somehow you should be ashamed of the fact that you had a miscarriage and adding to the pain, the physical pain of it, the emotional pain of loss, now there's this additional blame as well. I have to say that something I did that helped me, and I'm I'm really glad that I did it, like, because after I had that horrible miscarriage, then I got pregnant again, and then it, I had to have a termination because there was something wrong with the baby's skull wasn't growing properly anyway. Sure. Um, so, and that was just awful, 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 because... And and I got a lot of support in the sense that you don't worry. It's not about your age. It you, you know the what the thing about being older and being pregnant. The most difficult thing is actually getting pregnant. Everything else is you're pretty much the same as everybody else at that point. Mm. But I I think what helped me was afterwards was um, I I had sounds really I had something that I wanted to 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 bury mm-hmm. you know and um I had uh, a little box and I had a little poem and I had a little thing and so I had a little ceremony just me and Javier and we 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 said goodbye and oh, that's wonderful that really helped me because I had because they, those two pregnancies were really close together and I was really sure that it was a little boy and all this kind of stuff. And so I'd kind of named him and I, and brought clothes, stupid things really in retrospect, but it wasn't really, it wasn't stupid. And I, I'm dismissing how important that was to me as well, which is typical. But um, I had, I said goodbye and I feel, I feel like that was a really important thing for me and for Javier Yeah. to say, okay, this is, whatever happened it doesn't you know it doesn't matter why it happened but it did and and now we're saying goodbye to you and and that yeah that helped me a lot and I I I didn't find that anywhere nobody told me to do that or anything it just felt like an instinctive thing that I needed to yeah yeah to do in a way and it helped yeah Kat did you did you do any sort of ritual or or anything after afterwards to help you process 
Um, I really, I didn't have any healthy coping mechanisms. Uh, okay. Simply, <laughs> simply because I will, I will say I just kind of didn't know what to do. And it wasn't something that I felt like I could talk to a whole lot of people about. And at the time of <clears throat> my first one, I remember uh, going through the process and, you know, my ex-husband at the time being like, well, what did you do? Like, did you not eat right? Were you, oh. were you like, he's like, were you not like, were you too stressed? Was it your exercise? Like, what was it? And it just became, it, it didn't start out over the top accusatory, but it kind of became that way. And it almost felt like in that sense, it was like, I don't want to talk about this because if we're going to, if we end up talking about it, then it's going to, it's going to come down to how was this my fault? What did I do to mess this up? And couldn't be his jeans or his. Oh no! Of course not. No, he was he was a gift to this earth and myself. Clearly, how could it have been anybody's fault but my own? Oh Um, my god! (laughs) Yeah, but I just I didn't truly start dealing with either of my miscarriages until probably the last couple of years as far as dealing with how much I had repressed and how much it bothered me because it was, you know, it was always just for the longest time. It was that blacked out day on the calendar of just, yep. I remember when this big bucket of suck happened and now's the day I feel it. Now I'm not, I'm going to pretend it's not a thing again tomorrow because I don't know what, I don't know what to say in a lot of senses. And so it wasn't until more recent years when I started looking at it and being like, you know, that, that really wasn't my fault. And it should have never been made to feel like it was my fault because I felt alone and without any kind of guidance at the time yeah. through, through all of it. Yeah. yeah. And AJ, I, I, I know that you didn't really have a support system. Did you, did you, did you do any sort of ritual for yourself just by yourself to say goodbye or was it more like let's was, just put it in the on. past yeah move yeah on. it was it was but the, the the problem with with that was i f- found myself um being bitter mm. towards other my friends would get pregnant mm-hmm. oh yeah and it was like, you know, I remember going to a science fiction convention about a week after, I don't even remember what number it was, but um, I had gone to this convention and three of my friends told me they were, they were pregnant and, you know, the, the, the front was there, hey, congratulations, I'm so happy for you. And, you know, that, that intern was like, really, seriously? Mm-hmm. <sighs> this release i did not have fun yeah at this at at this convention and and but that's totally understandable that you would feel that way but you probably also would think to yourself i'm such an ass right you know like you know my friends you know i should be happy i should be happy for them yeah Yeah. i should be happy for them yeah yeah um i had just like you know I, i i i had a friend who was promiscuous and ended up getting pregnant she had no idea who the father was mm-hmm. and it was you know i was like i was it's like it's like really you know it was like 
I was jealous of that. You know, I was, yeah. I was mad. Like, you know, yeah, like, it's like the my internals like, how dare you? you? <laughs> you yeah. don't want this child. How dare you? <laughs> Yeah. And it was it was horrible. It really yeah. was. Just yeah. to, it's like that's that's how I, I like you know. And then and then it was like stop it. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you feel like her having a child is taking one away from you, that's not the case. Yeah. Right. It's like yeah. you know stop. And then I was beating myself up because I should be happy for them and mm. it yeah blah blah blah. Yeah. But but your feelings are your own, you know and. And even though you might be critical of your own feeling, you have every right to, to have that feeling and then let it go. Right. I mean, it's healthier for you to have that feeling and then let it go. Hopefully <laughs> you have. But, you yeah. know, but it's totally understandable to have that feeling. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you're allowed to have those feelings more than anyone, Joe, because you've had to go through this so many times. Yeah. And, you know, like, Kat, like, you know, she was saying, um, I got the, it's like, well, you know, are you, are you, are you just like, are you taking your vitamins? You know, uh, were you sleeping enough? You know, what, what was going on that you, you, you couldn't keep this one? And like, (laughs) it was never, it was never asked out. It was never said outright, but it was always implied that it was, I was doing something wrong. Right. But also people don't know what to say, you know, right. using some asses that were actually going to blame you for it. But there's a certain point, it's like, well, and, and, and some people might think that they're being helpful. Yeah. Well, like, well, why don't you try this? You know, and, uh, and yeah. when you're feeling horrible and terrible and, 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 and bereaved, right. Um, you, everything that anybody says is a criticism. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's like, why not try in vitro? It's the same womb. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Now my, it's like, and my sister had in vitro and they call, you know, they call my niece the million dollar baby because it cost them with, it's like insurance, you know, Mm -hmm. with with the the total bill without Mm -hmm. insurance was $500,000. Jesus. Mm. so and you yeah and you couldn't afford to do that (laughs) yeah you know it's not it's it's not like you were somehow less caring than your sister it's just no guarantees because clearly you don't have a you didn't have you weren't having problems getting pregnant no so that wasn't the issue anyway so yeah but i'm not having you know not having that problem no (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, so oh, that and somebody, you know, it's like, why not adoption? And it's like, because that's also insanely expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that process is also ridiculously harder than. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So yeah. it's like. But... Well, is there anything um, else that that any of you want to say that you feel like you you we didn't cover? Just some final closing thoughts, or something that you wish other people knew about having mis- having a miscarriage? You're not alone. No. And, and how how you cope with it. There's no right or wrong way to cope with it, but you, other than not dealing with it, that's that's not going to help you. 
right. whatever it takes screaming into the abyss or you know any anything as long as you're not gonna hurt somebody else but you know i mean it, it's good and your feelings are valid whatever they are even if you even if you're feeling like an asshole when you feel them you know that's okay you know you have every every right to feel like you're let you've let yourself down or your body has let yourself down or your your anything that you can imagine that you label we all label ourselves you know with and we're very good at doing that but we're not very good at saying it's okay to feel that way and recognizing that feeling and then kind of moving forgiving yourself forgiving yourself oh so much forgiving yourself and and it's you know i i had that last you know bout of all this was probably gosh <clears throat> 10 years ago i think 11 years ago i suppose because i was so i was a little younger than i said i was earlier or whatever anyway i can't remember anything but i i know that it was more than like 10 years ago so i went through all of that and i kept i had a um a little um moses basket that my friend had given me from the baby and I had filled it up with all these clothes that I had and I couldn't get rid of them mm. and I kept them and I brought them here and I had them and uh, had them all wrapped up and I I didn't get them out and go through them I wasn't that nuts but I did <laughs> I did hey, now no judgment right, no judgment no judgment <laughs> so I did keep them and then you know and I often wonder why I had I wasn't ready to let go of them and it wasn't like I was going to have a baby or anything but now my daughter's just about to have a baby so I've passed them on to her. Mm. And I feel like any time you're able to do something that f- makes you feel, like, like I said, like like having a little ceremony or even wow. th- throwing something in the ocean or looking up at the stars and really saying, doing something for yourself that is a sense of, gives you a sense of peace. Yeah, yeah. Um, it that's a good thing and and but you but it can take you a really long time it took me 10 years to to do that and I was still like am I gonna let her have them do I really you know I'm like no this is what this is why I kept them yeah I felt like this is why I kept these things all this time and she <laughs> this connection too to all of that you know so there's a sun is symmetry and a a sense of universe about it you know and yeah, but yeah. I, I feel like you know and I'm not religious and I'm not like you know anything particular but right I right. believe in our own in your own sense of 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 um what's what's the right thing to do when you're ready to do it yeah it had to be your decision it had to be your decision to give those clothes to your daughter it couldn't have been like you know if Javier had come in not that he would of course no. but if he had come in and said you know why are you still holding on to those things it's like that's yeah. not that would not have been helpful no and, people had, yeah. no and someone had asked me a couple of times over the years oh no you have all that going but I don't want it no sorry yeah <laughs> so I'm keeping all that stuff and yeah. and, and because I was I wasn't able to do that but it, it it whatever it is whatever moment you have if you have a a little scan, a picture of this. I still have those. I still Ooh, keep the sorry, my phone. I have a picture, you know, the ultrasound pictures and um, tucked away, you know, and I would never get rid of things like that, you know, and that's okay too. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Anything that works. It is all, it is all valid. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Amy, Jill, any final thoughts? Oh, sorry, Kat, go ahead. Oh, no, I was also going to say just, I I was sitting there and I was thinking about it and yeah, just really echoing what's been said about, you know, to those, to those that it's touched, you know, you're not alone. And to those that, you know, that may be hearing this, that it hasn't. I know I can't speak for anybody else, but I can speak for myself and I can say, you know, I, I know you don't understand and I don't expect you to, I wish you did, but I understand that it's impossible to understand something like this without going through it and just having to sit on the sideline and watch it. And the only thing that I, that I want to say to anybody who hasn't experienced it personally is that you don't have to understand in order to react with kindness and to lead with empathy and compassion first for the people that may be in your life that have experienced it firsthand. Absolutely. And just, yeah, to, if, you know, if, if anybody listening to this, that, that hasn't had to experience it, like, you know, if you take away nothing else from at least anything I've said, I I hope that that will be taken at least because the world, the world, is already feeling so hard for the people that have been touched by this in the unfortunate ways that it happens. And the only way that we're going to make, we're going to make it better is to try and spread the bits of compassionate understanding that we can to people that haven't been touched by this. Like that's how we start to break the stigma. That's how we start to break the shame cycle. And just, you know, if just offer love if, if nothing else. I think that's a pretty good prescription for almost anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Just offer love. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, on that note, thank you so much for sharing these very private, very painful stories. And hopefully, you know, together we can help to break this stigma and, uh, and make people realize that this is a part of life and, uh, yeah. and offer love. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you again. And, um, and look for more episodes of being a bad Martha on 34 Circe salon. Take care everyone and blessed be. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you. Thank you Dawn. Bye everyone.